win or lose. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we are here to analyze the game, answer your questions, cry with you, or celebrate together. It's the Fan Express Line, presented by the Skull Purple Podcast, and it starts now. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast. I didn't play the Skull Chant that I have, but uh, I've we're in the we're in a different uh, studio tonight, or however you want to phrase it. But uh, new a different branding look tonight with the night game. We went with the black look. So, uh, anyways, um, long story short, but anyways, Skull, 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 Skull. Um, how about the Minnesota Vikings? They get a huge win at home against the mighty 49ers. And, uh, well, uh, maybe it turns out that they're not so mighty after all, or maybe we should just go ahead and do it. Tony, we should just give the Vikings their, their due. Huh? Should we, should we just give them Give them credit. They beat a good team tonight. They finally beat a good team. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they certainly earned it. You know, there was, uh, you know, there was just, it felt so good to win a game where it felt like we, I hate to say this, but deserved it. You know, it was uh, not, uh, you know, not the easiest team. I know they're missing Debo and certainly you know, uh, left tackle. Why can't I think of his Trent, um, Trent Williams, Trent Williams. Right. But you know, we're yeah. missing Justin Jefferson. So there's that, uh, you know, we're not at full. He's strength pretty good. Either. I heard, you know, a little bit, maybe, maybe as good as Christian <laughs> Derrissaw. I'm not sure, but you know, <laughs> it, it just, for the first time this season, Carson, for the first time, it felt like this team had an identity. They had a plan. And they came out and they executed that plan. And, you know, obviously we won, which is great. But even if we wouldn't have won this game, let's say, you know, Joseph misses the kick, Purdy comes down, you know, we end up losing the game because they score a touchdown, right? I still would have come away with this game, come away from this game feeling so just pleased uh, with this team, the coaching staff, it was just a win for everybody tonight, and uh, wow, what a great feeling! There you go. Well, I I I will disagree with you there because I'm sick of the losing. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> because I I didn't want any consolation a uh, consolation prize tonight. Consol no no consolation for me. You either won the game or you didn't win the game. Um, so I get, I get where you're coming from though, Tony, I get where you're coming from. They played a good team tough, um, if they would have lost, but we said that against Philadelphia, we said that against Kansas city, you know, and they still lost those games, but they didn't lose tonight. They beat the 49ers. And, uh, so they did it. They finally did it. And not only did they beat a good team, but they beat a good team on the national stage usually Kirk Cousins kryptonite and he came out and balled and played one of the best games. I think he's played as a Viking. I mean, you could make a case for some other games for sure, but uh, in that moment against that team on that stage, he played pro I think probably one of his best games as a Viking. And you know, I'm, I've been a big critic of Kirk Cousins. If you've watched me on this show, you know, I'm a big critic of Kirk Cousins. A few things tonight, very little. I mean, I really can't even say a few things. I mean, the interception was kind of, you know, 50-50. You could maybe blame Addison, give credit to the defensive back, whatever. But Cousins played his ass off tonight. Uh, pardon my French. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he played his ass off tonight. He did. He played really well. 
And uh, the Vikings did earn that win, even though I was definitely nervous on that final San Francisco drive. I was just ready for another classic Vikings moment uh, to take place after Greg Joseph misses the kick, which I was I was pretty certain was going to happen. But uh, anyways, I'm just curious on uh, your thoughts, Tony, on Cousins and obviously Cam Bynum, too. I'm sure we'll talk about a uh, heck of a night for him as well. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I, I would say everything that you said. I mean, Kirk Cousins played about a, almost an A plus game that Kirk Cousins can play. You know, and that's not taking anything away from Kirk Cousins. I, I just mean that he, he, I don't know what he could have done differently tonight that would have elevated him more than than where he was. Um, totally agree with you. I think this is one of his best games that I've seen him play in a purple uniform. Just a gutsy, gutsy win. Uh, staying in the pocket, made some quick reads, some tough throws. Um, you know his connection with Addison. Obviously, that was certainly center stage tonight. Little little coming out party for uh, for Mr. Addison. Um, and then yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Cam Bynum. You've you've got another guy on defense, just like we had Jordan Hicks. Um, you know, a week prior or a couple weeks prior, like you know, making big plays, um, or last week, excuse me. Um, you know, the, the, again, another defensive guy stepping up, making some big plays and some big moments. So, uh, just like I said, all around, I suppose we can get into some of the pros and the cons hard to, hard to find a lot of cons, um, or, or downsides in this game. Uh, if I were to throw out one and just to get your opinion here, um, I kind of felt like for another week, kind of feels like Murphy's a little bit of a liability again. Um, I, there were a few moments where he's playing a little soft and I understand like I'm not going to know the coverage. And certainly when we're sending the house, you got to have some sort of cushion there for your DBs. But it just felt like when there were some plays that we kind of needed to have happen, or maybe there were some missed tackles uh, on the open field, Murphy tended to kind of be the name that I saw. Uh, so it's just interesting how that's kind of shaken out. Am I overreacting or, uh, has that been a similar thought you've had? Yeah, I I don't think you're totally wrong. I So full disclosure for everybody, I didn't get to watch a decent chunk of the game because I was myself doing a game. I was broadcasting a volleyball game tonight. Um, so I, I did have my phone on the game, of course, as I was doing my game. Oh, wait a second. So uh, let's uh, let's see what's going on here. Oh, up, oh, up. Oh, here's a serve to the. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> it was uh, it was an experience tonight trying to watch the game and do my game at the same time. But I do remember Byron Murphy getting a penalty. I think at one point in the game, um, on a play that was uh, not great. Um, I, I didn't get to see him enough in this game, but I, I'd be interested to go back and watch some of the film and see, or, or at least, uh, have somebody watch the film for me and put a clip on Twitter or X and, uh, show me why, uh, he's not been playing as well, but yeah, uh, to your point, I think he's been a liability at times this season. Some games he's been fantastic. Some games they haven't even gone to him at all. Um, but, uh, tonight it seemed like maybe there was a few plays and, um, the defense overall played, uh, pretty good. I think pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. I had to pretty. get that in. I yeah. had to get that in at least one time, but, um, they, uh, they did allow a lot of yards. Uh, it felt like, uh, there was times when it was so easy for San Francisco when they weren't turning the ball over, uh, which was a refreshing change of scenery for Vikings fans, uh, me included. I'm sure you as well, Tony, even though the Vikings turned it over on their opening possession. After that, there was no Viking turnovers and they got three turnovers. Um, so I guess technically plus two tonight in the turnover uh, differential margin. But um, yeah, I, uh, I think I would agree. Um, I'd say the big down thing for me tonight, I mean, Madison, I, I didn't, I have to look at the stats, but again, there was just some plays, you know, there was a drop touchdown I've heard uh, that he could have easily caught in the end zone. And then the Vikings ended up settling for a field goal. That's what, it, at least what Pete Bursich said while I was driving home uh, before I got home. So Pete Bursich thought it was a catchable ball for Madison. Um, that should have been a touchdown. So 
I, I, if there was going to be anything I could nitpick from this game for the Vikings, I would say um, big thing is that they were not able to get some of those field goals into touchdowns. They need to get better at that in the red zone. We've said that this season as a whole. Thankfully, tonight it didn't bite them, but uh, it could have very easily bit them had the 49ers scored on that final drive. So, um, Thankfully, they didn't. Thank you, Cam Bynum. And uh, here we are. The Vikings shocked the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I was I will say this. I, I was very impressed, for the most part, with Kevin O'Connell's game calling tonight. Um, I think uh, against that San Francisco defense, the amount of yards they were able to rack up and the it seemed pretty pretty easy for the Vikings to move the ball up and down the field at times, and um, I was pretty impressed by it. Um, now, can they do it on a consistent week-to-week basis? That is the question. Yeah, I mean, that really is going to be the question. I mean, with any team, it's all about consistency, and I think that that's why I was so elated tonight was that it just felt like we were a team that had a game plan. You know, we, we knew what we wanted to do and, um, you know, obviously it worked, which is great (laughs) in, in most cases. Um, but it just, I don't know. It felt like there was a concerted effort to attack this defense in a way. And, um, you know, when things didn't go quite right, because obviously there's going to be some negative plays in there. Certainly. Um, we didn't abandon it. You know, we, we kept at it. And uh, I didn't see us kind of back off and get scared and start throwing things against the wall, you know, like I have in, in weeks past. So, um, you know, that was a, that was the big thing. So, yeah, very, very impressed with the play calling. I thought that was just, again, just looked like a team with a plan tonight. And then, uh, you know, still no rushing touchdowns, which is again just very odd. No rushing touchdowns still for this team. There was a definitely catchable ball for Madison. Um, and then uh, Kirk missed a throw um, to Addison uh, also in the end zone. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there were uh, definitely opportunities for us to put this game further out of reach uh, earlier. Um, that obviously we unfortunately weren't able to take advantage of, which is, you know, it is what it is. That's the Vikings brand, but we came away with the win. Very happy with that. Um, and I think that's the difference, Carson. I think why, you know, maybe, cause I'm with you. I, I don't want us to lose games, right? I, 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 and I don't want any moral victories. I'm tired of the moral victories, but like with Philadelphia, for instance, it felt like, and I, you and I both said this on the, the, um, you know, the game, uh, fan express line after the game, right? Is that Philadelphia gave us so many opportunities to come back or be in that game. This game. Yes. I understand that San Francisco had the turnovers, but it felt like we kind of earned those turnovers and it felt like, you know, this team was just scrapping and clawing their way to this victory versus having us kind of, you know, walk backwards into a win. So it was just fantastic. Oh, look at that. We got Kevin in. Yeah, Kevin Lapka, our friend from uh, the Bears uh, Bears Nation podcast, I believe. Um, so, Kevin, appreciate you chiming in here. Um, this is great for me as a Justin Jefferson fantasy owner. Um, <laughs> very good, yeah. very good. Yeah, because he probably won't get shut down. You know, that's been the talk is that right. if the Vikings were to continue to lose, they'd probably just shut him down for the season but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're in the mix, look, we've got, I know we'll, we'll talk about this, Carson, but we've got a great opportunity to get back to 500 against the uh, the stinky cheese this weekend. Well, yeah, uh, that's the next topic of conversation because, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about this game too, but um, what uh, David, uh, former contributor to the show, is saying is uh, the next five games are wins, but... Let's not forget, we barely beat two teams that are not very good in Carolina and Chicago. Let's just let's just calm down. Uh, the next five games are wins. Are they're winnable? Let's let's put it that way. They're very winnable. However, we have to slow the roll a little bit because 
This is what happened after Buffalo last year. We got all excited. I got excited. All right, Super Bowl. Here we go. It's time finally for the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Dang it. And uh, then they fall flat on their face in the first round of the postseason. So, uh, and get pummeled by Dallas and Green Bay after that Buffalo game. But uh, anyways, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, don't uh, don't get your expectations too high yet. Um, I I am pulled back a little bit into the season. I will say that I was ready to I was ready to fully pull out here. Be like, all right, see you guys. Uh, we'll see you next year. Um, <laughs> the podcast is done for the year. No, just kidding. But um, I was ready to kind of sell the farm, and I still think we need to sell some pieces uh, at the deadline. But maybe we need to change our mindset, Tony, and not sell pieces for future draft capital and maybe sell some of our expiring contracts for guys – that uh, are not on expiring contracts from other teams. So maybe that's something to look at, and we'll probably dive into that at some point. Um, and actually, the trade deadline is eight days away, I think. Something yeah. like that. So, Tuesday. Yep, so it'll be interesting to see what the Vikings talk about this week in Egan. And um, I think next week, if they win, then things can start to really take a turn in deciding, okay, what are we going to do now at the trade deadline? Um, you know, can, can you trade Daniel Hunter, but then also get a contributing piece back or, um, at that point, if you're four and four, do you just say, okay, we got to keep Daniel Hunter. He's too valuable on this team for this season. Um, even though we know he's probably not coming back next year. So, those are some things to think about. Um, I think the Vikings really want a first-round draft pick, and I don't know if they will get it. And I don't know if the Vikings will trade Daniil Hunter for anything less than a first-round draft pick. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Tony. And we could talk a little bit more about that um, next week, too. But uh, any any thoughts on that uh, just before we get back into talking more about this game in particular? Yeah, it's hard to say, um, uh, but I'm with you. It, it it definitely puts us in a almost a harder position when the team is continuing to kind of stay afloat, if you will, because uh, like you mentioned, we don't want to lose games, and we're certainly not looking to sell at this point. We're only a game away from being back to 500, you know, and um, you know, so at the same time, uh, you don't want to get nothing for Daniil. Because I think you're right. Uh, I don't see a path for him to be in purple uh, after this season. So if you hang on to him, you're going to get nothing. Um, I don't know about compensatory picks or any of that stuff. I I don't know. I honestly, I, I wish I knew. Maybe we need to bring on like uh, Luke again uh, and have us uh, have a little powwow about that because he, he knows a lot more about the, those kinds of things. But I don't um, think you can get higher than a third round pick in return. So I think I think that's what it is. I think that's when the compensatory pick start is in the third round, I want to say. And sure. that's the highest you can get back uh, for a free agent, um, which is why the Vikings probably won't take anything less than a first round pick because, or I mean, maybe two seconds or a second and a third maybe, but because it's like, well, if we're going to get a third, probably because of how well, how good of a player Daniil Hunter is, then, you know, maybe, and maybe it wouldn't work that way. May, you know, like, we, like you said, maybe we do need to get Luke Braun back on to give us the, uh, the skinny, so to speak on uh, Daniil Hunter and his contract. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I uh, think, go ahead. I think you're right though. I mean, I think ultimately we should try to get something for him but I think it should be a tall, you know, a tall, tall ask, if you will. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, or who knows, you know, maybe they uh, maybe they look at it like you mentioned, where it's uh, maybe a, a later pick, but then coupled with a player, you know, uh, that's yeah. somebody that would be useful. Maybe on the maybe it's a defensive back or, you know, something like that. Or maybe another weapon for Kirk Cousins. 
You never know. You never know. You never know. I, you I doubt it. Would you take? Would you take a? Would you take Ooh. a fourth round pick and Christian Kirk, or a third round pick and Christian Kirk from the Jags? I'd be intrigued. I won't lie. I'd be intrigued. So I'd many receivers. Intrigued. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, for sure. But I think, yeah. I think after Addison and Jefferson, there's a huge hole um, between the next guy. Um, so, I mean, Brandon Powell's been serviceable. Don't get me wrong. He's been serviceable, but can you do better at that position? I think you can. Um, yeah. And not to say that, not to say that it's, I mean, look at all the teams in the past few years that have traded for wide receivers at the deadline, you know, like the Cardinals even like, and they had guys, it's like, Oh, trading. And you have two or three guys already that are pretty good. It's like, yeah, well, uh, when an injury happens, like the Vikings are faced with right now, it's really helpful to have that available um, to have an extra weapon on the field. And um, thankfully for the Vikings, it didn't matter tonight because Addison was fantastic. And then uh, couple that with uh, TJ Hawkinson stepping up his best game of the season. Um, and then Brandon Powell with a couple of key catches. And so uh, lots of guys getting involved, which is good. And uh, you know what, Tony? I was going to mention this going back to more of uh, the game recap and reaction. This felt more like the Vikings offense I thought we were going to get coming into the season. This felt a lot more like that. And that's, you know, I'm impressed, but I'm also like, okay, this is this is what we should have been getting from week one. Uh, on, but uh, here we are finally getting it in week seven. Um, so I guess we'll take it, but it's like, um, it would have been nice uh, if we could have had this a little bit earlier uh, in the season. Um, but obviously, um, it's a little late to go back now. Um, is any thoughts on the Vikings offense and what you think? Uh, did, did you kind of feel the same way tonight? Just like, Man, this is this is what I kind of thought it would be like this year. Yeah, I think that you know, and, and this is all speculative, so uh, take that with a grain of salt. I'm going to do a little armchair quarterbacking here, but it kind of to me felt like this is what this team is capable of, and I kind of think that maybe not having Jefferson in the lineup now for the second week. I think force their hand to be a bit more creative and to actually game plan more than just feed JJ the ball. And I'm not saying that, you know, KOC is that lazy, but I do think when you have star players like that, it's easy to kind of fall back on those crutches a little bit because they are amazing players and you do want to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. But it just felt like tonight there was so much, there was just motion, there was creativity. And like I said, whether it worked out or not, it just felt like there was, they came in with a plan versus just like, we're going to try to feed the ball to JJ. We'll try to run it a little bit. Um, <laughs> and if that doesn't work, we'll abandon it. And uh, and hopefully Hawkinson's, uh, you know, and he's open in the middle of the field. And then if that doesn't work, we're kind of lost. Like that's how it's felt the entire season. And uh, I kind of thought we might have uh, been able to see that last weekend with the Bears because obviously they didn't have Justin Jefferson. And I think they kind of almost went into it like, well, we'll do the same game plan as we had before, Sands Jefferson. And uh, the offense kind of looked like crap. I hate to say it. You know, we, I mean, we talked about it after that Bears game. It just still didn't look good. So for the first time, it just felt like they knew that they couldn't do the same thing. And boy, oh boy, look at that. You know, it just it felt like a team that actually had like a, hey, their defense does this. This is how we're going to attack it in a unique way. Um, and, uh, you know. It, it obviously worked out tonight. As you mentioned, it's all going to be about consistency. Can we come back and do it again? Yeah. Well, and and here's my thing. I, you know, I mentioned maybe they keep Daniil Hunter now. Um, I actually don't think that tonight's win is hugely 
in that direction of them keeping him because I do think if they can get anything of substance for him, they will trade him. Like if it's, if it's a second or a first round pick, if somebody gets desperate enough, you know, if there's an injury that takes place here um, before the deadline, I still think the Vikings could trade him uh, for the right price, but it's going to have to be for the right price. Like I said, so, um, so I don't think that really actually changes Daniil Hunter too much. However, I will say you definitely become less competitive defensively without Daniel Hunter. There's no question about that. Um, he is the best defensive player on the field for the Vikings. I don't think there's any question. Um, Harrison Smith, sure, he's he's in the top three, but uh, I don't think anybody's played a better year defensively for the Vikings than what Daniel Hunter has so far this year. Yeah, Daniel's looked really good. He looked great again tonight. Very disruptive. Um, I think I, I'll rescind my, my trade offer, by the way, from the Jags. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's not going to be a third and Christian Kirk. Now I'm going to demand a second and Travis Etienne. That's, that's, I think the better trade for the Vikings. Give us a second and we'll take Travis Etienne because we need, I mean, look, I, I like Madison, and he seems like a really good dude. And I don't know why Akers doesn't seemingly get more touches, because it seems like he does well every time. But there just must be something there that we're not seeing, um, why he's not getting more involved. Um, so I don't know. Um, I will say this. Uh, kudos to Reisner. I thought the offensive line looked good yeah. today, and I know it's just one guy. I was guy just going to mention. You know, so Ezra Cleveland's out. Reisner gets the start. Um, definitely didn't feel like a drop-off. If anything, like I said, felt like the offensive line while still <laughs> facing a very, very difficult team. So there were going to be some leaks here and there. And again, kudos to Kirk. There were a few times where I thought he was a goner and he somehow slithered his way into something. <laughs> um, you know, Uh they played pretty well. I thought they played well tonight. They could have looked they did. pretty poor, and I thought they held their own. Yeah, I mean, you don't allow a sack against one of the best defensive lines in football. I mean, exactly. you know, Kirk Cousins played his butt off, as I said earlier. That offensive line also played their butt off and helped him um, have uh, not as much pressure. But to Kirk's credit, I'll give him his flowers. I'm giving him his flowers. When he did have pressure tonight, he was able to sit in there and make some throws with the pressure like he did last year, which we talked about last year, Tony. And I talked about last week. It was something that was missing the first few games of this season. It's like, Kirk, why why aren't you standing in there and throwing the ball like you did last year in the face of pressure? And he did that again. He did it tonight. Um, so can he keep doing that is the question. Um, that is, that is the question. It really is. Um, let's see what Roger has to say here. Uh, Roger Crosby chiming in Kirk played a hell of a game tonight. Addison was awesome. And Flores doing a good job with defense a lot better than last year's defense. Absolutely. Good stuff from Roger here. Yeah. I mean, Addison is on a, on a very, very impressive pace this season. Um, as I said, as I was just saying, Kirk giving him his flowers. Um, it definitely, and he just uh, commented here too, Roger did. Uh, the schedule looks a lot more favorable for the Vikings. Yes, it does. Um, I know David had mentioned five. the next five games are wins. I'm not ready to go that far. But as <laughs> I said to you earlier, they are five winnable games in a row. Yes, they are five winnable games in a row. But... Um, yeah, I think uh, I think a lot has to has to be proven from this group uh, week in and week out. We can't just have, oh, this is a great win, great win. And uh, I don't know if you've known this, Tony, but not many teams after beating the uh, 49ers in the past have gone on the next week to win a game. They uh, they tend to put in a lot of physical effort. There's a lot of physicality that the Niners play with. And the next week, uh, they fall flat. And that is, I mean, I hope that isn't the case. But um, 
that could happen. I mean, you go on the road to Green Bay. Green Bay is going to be very upset after back-to-back losses. Not to say we can't win that game. It's a very winnable game because of how Green Bay's played and looked. But, you know, if you play a team in San Francisco that's very physical, they play a physical brand of football, and now you're turning around on short on short rest too um, after, after a Monday night game instead after a Sunday game. You have to get ready to go play at Green Bay. So um, not an easy task. Definitely a winnable game. But let's uh, let's uh, not put that in the win column without any hesitation. We got to think about it a little bit. I I don't I don't think they uh, should lose this coming week. But stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. It's the Vikings. You know it is. So. Uh, Tony, any thoughts on that or anything Roger had to say? Uh, I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, uh, I want to pump the brakes too, but it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to pump it's the brakes after the big win tonight. So, uh, I think logic would tell us, yes, let's, let's just try to go one and oh every week. Um, you know, at this point, that's all we can ask this team to do. We're still three and four. So we have a unfortunately a bit of a hole to still dig ourselves out of and uh but it's it's not insurmountable you know this team is look you get back to 500 and and again we're at four losses it's not like this team can't go on a run it's not like this team can't uh produce some some wins in a row here uh we saw what they're capable of doing tonight but you're exactly right green bay game does feel a bit trappy uh, because mm-hmm. again, short short week for us. Um, you're absolutely correct with the 49ers. They play very physical style of football, and that we seemed to match for the most part today. Uh, which was again kudos to to this team and this coaching staff for getting these guys prepared to fight tonight um, and to come with it. But um, I do think we should win. Obviously, I mean on paper, uh, the Packers are pretty rough i kind of thought they were going to beat the the broncos and boy I was, they couldn't they couldn't do it against the broncos um the broncos are pretty poor uh i think the i think the league has kind of figured out what jordan is and isn't and uh as i kind of said all off season what jordan love isn't is very apparent so um you know it is what it is could we lose that game obviously we could lose any game uh but uh i do i think we have a good chance of winning getting back to four and four um i think i think there's a good chance of that too yeah well let's uh speaking of the next few games let's take a look at that here once um let's see if we can well that's not what i wanted all right let's uh take a look at this here the next few games so you've got tampa bay obviously go back to the first three games 0-3 get your first win against carolina ugly game um should have won on national television against the chiefs uh blew that and then you get back-to-back wins at chicago ugly win and san francisco you beat san francisco a five and one team one of the best teams in the league um, on Monday night football. So there you go. You got, you got back-to-back wins. And as you said, the next five games are winnable. Um, noon on Sunday against green Bay noon, uh, the following Sunday against Atlanta and then noon against new Orleans. Honestly, Tony, now I'm curious to hear your thoughts to me. The next, the next tough game, the toughest game, I mean, green Bay, I don't think will be a slouch. I think it'll, it's going to be a one possession game because it's Green Bay and the Vikings never not have one possession game. So, anyways, um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I think the most difficult game on those next five games is the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons have been playing pretty decently over the last uh, over the first little bit of the season. I mean, are they world beaters? Are they a top? and a team in the NFL or NFC? No, but they've shown flashes of some good things this season. Uh, they've got some skill players that have made some good plays. They've got a young running back in Bijan Robinson, who's been 
uh, impressive when he's had opportunities or when he's been on the field. But anyways, um, so what do you think of those next five games uh, on paper here? And do you think do you think it's as easy as one, two, three, four, five wins? Well, I definitely don't think it's that easy. I think there are <laughs> a few definitely. I mean, all of these games are winnable and all these games are losable. Um, yep. I mean, again, it's one big win. I'm hoping this is the catalyst that puts us on a different trajectory for the rest of the season. That's what we want to hope for. But again, I'm laser focused on the Packers. Let's see if we can pull out this win coming up on paper. They should win that game. Um, as far as like looking forward, you know, the I agree the Falcons have, you know, some interesting things. The thing you have to worry about with the Falcons is they like to run the ball quite a bit. And unfortunately, we've been kind of soft, you know, um, against the run for the most part uh, during the season. And so uh, we don't want to get into another game where it's just like ground and pound uh, where we can't, you know, we just there's nothing we can do to stop them. They go on these long, long drives, actually very reminiscent to the Philadelphia game. We don't want that. Um, so that, yeah, that could be a problematic game. Plus it's in Atlanta. Um, I actually don't think that the saints game is, I is another one that's like going to be real easy. Um, because the saints have had moments where they've looked pretty good. Now we do get them at home, which helps. Um, but I think that's yeah. another one where they can beat you. You know I mean? Derek Carr is not a terrible quarterback. Uh, we'll certainly see if there's anything that comes out of tonight's news. I don't know if you saw, but, uh, I don't know. Olave got pulled over going like 35 miles an hour over the speed limit. I don't know if there was any sort of no uh, substances involved there. If there was, there could be a suspension. If not, probably not. But, um, you know, that's just so something Jordan to watch. Madison uh, and Chris Olave got something in common, huh? That's right. Speed racer, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm but, sure uh, that was something to do with the dog, right? Yeah, that's exactly. Olave had to get home. That uh, that wiener dog was, was having a was having a tough <laughs> evening. Um, yeah, I I just it's gonna oh, be interesting man. to interesting to see what happens again from my vantage point one week at a time with this team. I'm not gonna look too far forward. I think it'd be different if we were, you know, five and two or something like that, and we can start to kind of go like, okay, I just don't know what the identity of this team is. If the identity of this team is what we saw tonight, oh yeah. We could win the next five. If the identity of this team is what we saw against Chicago, which was only a little bit over a week ago, then, mm, you know, it's it's a struggle. So I get it's one game. I'm super happy. I'm still going to go to bed super happy tonight. This is amazing. This is an awesome win. But uh, the logic tells me Carson, or be with Carson, pump the brakes uh, a little bit. But, you know, enjoy the win. Yeah. Victory Tuesday tomorrow. Victory Tuesday. Victory oh. Tuesday just as we all planned. <laughs> there That's you right. go. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and give our game balls out, Tony. Um, I'm gonna let you go first. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you get some low hanging fruit out of the way. Uh, we'll give. Uh, we'll give four away. So two of us, two each here for both of us tonight. Ooh, yeah, I mean, I'll take a little bit of the low-hanging fruit, but I'm only going to take one of two because I'm going to let you take the other one. So uh, only because I want to silence all the haters and all the people who probably listen to the podcast and go, You're oh, picking Jordan Tony, Madison. he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> one of my game balls has to go to Kirk. Kirk, way to, way to play tonight. My goodness, I just, there's nothing more you could have done. Hell of a game. Um, yeah, I mean, if he played like this every week, oh my goodness. You know, that that this is the Kirk that we all love to see. The problem is, is that this, this only shows up every once in a while. Almost rarely shows up in prime time. So, uh, my goodness, though. Way, way to go, Kirk. He absolutely earned that game ball. Uh, so that's, that's the low-hanging fruit I'll take there. Um, and then the other one, um, I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I thought Hawkinson played really well tonight. Obviously got banged up a little bit. Looks like he had some cramps. Then he had an ankle. Um, 
again, we thought we were really going to see a lot of him against the Bears, and it felt like a little bit of a letdown, right? Maybe some concentration issues. The timing didn't seem right with Kirk. This week, tonight, it looked in sync. This looked like the Hawkinson we saw last year. So my game balls go to Kirk O'Chains and uh, TJ Hawkinson. Good choices, good choices. I also have uh, a few good choices here. Um, I'm going to give three, actually. I'm not going to leave out anybody. Um, I want to give, well, dang it, now I should give four almost. Um, let's just keep giving them out. Kevin O'Connell likes to do it, so we might as well Everybody just gets keep a going. Game ball. How, about, how, about you do, how about you do three, and then I'll do a bonus one to get my third after you're done. Okay, okay. We'll see if I take it. All right, uh, let's go with, uh, first of all, Jordan Addison. Uh, fantastic game in Justin Jefferson's absence. I think that's a low-hanging fruit. The I think, I think the first interception, I think maybe he could have very easily um, went away and maybe not, uh, you know, could have been down on himself for not maybe fighting for that one. And then he has the one at the end of half where he just rips the ball away and just says, Hey, see you later. <laughs> so there's that one. And then of course, another one later on. Um, so he was, he was fantastic. You got to give him one. I got to give cam Bynum one. I've been hard on him at times on this show, a couple of interceptions tonight for cam. Um, and he, uh, man, uh, I think he might be playing the best out of anybody in that secondary right now for the Vikings. Um, and so give him credit, um, give the Vikings credit for sticking with him. Um, it's been fun to see him do things tonight. Um, and, and, uh, throughout uh, the season. So, and then my third one, I'm going to give one to, I, I don't know if you're going to give one to the defensive coordinator but uh i'm gonna go ahead and give one to the head coach himself mr game ball himself kevin o'connell i thought he called a really good game tonight um would have liked to seen him go for it on that that third uh goal i should say would like to seen them go for a dagger on that third down and 10 instead of you know, just a run up the middle. I get why they did it, you know, take some time off the clock, give the 49ers less time, all that stuff. But I would have liked to, I would have liked to seen them go for the dagger right there uh, as I get my little accent <laughs> in here. But, uh, um, but yeah, overall, really good game plan to put up the kind of yards he did against that San Francisco defense. Uh, yes, credit the players what they did, but also credit the coach. He uh, put him in those positions. Um, again, minus Justin Jefferson. TJ Hawkinson stepped up, as you said, gave him your game ball. So those are my three. And uh, Tony, are you going to go ahead and give it to Brian Flores or you got somebody else on your mind for your final one here? Yeah, I uh, I would have gone the KOC route as well. So I like that you took that. I'm actually going to do uh, a game ball uh, re revocation um here so i mean yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna re i'm gonna remove a game ball not from anybody that got one tonight but one that i usually give pretty consistently and i'm just saying this for the vikings fans out there i love you guys i'm one of you carson is one of you if i had all the money in the world by the way please subscribe comment uh so carson and i can go to more vikings games that's right and make that's a right. make a make a little make a little more coin gonna... so we can get those season tickets you know that's right. um <laughs> but uh i'm revoking the vikings fan game ball uh because i'll be honest with you watching a game at home and having to listen to the opposing team do that... their chant while they're losing they were doing the go 49ers go while they were actually losing <laughs> Um, so we need to show out guys. I get it. You know, we're two and four, the season's rough, but if Carson and I can be your compass, not all is lost. We will be here every Sunday. We bleed the purple and let's still show up and support this team. Because, uh, imagine if we would have had a packed crowd tonight, how crazy it would have been. And it probably was still crazy, but yeah, too much oh, it was, tonight. yeah, it, it was still packed, but 
Um, I, uh, I do like that though. I, I thought there was a lot of red too, and you could hear the 49ers fans while we had the ball. Um, I don't know if you could hear it as much on TV, but on the radio, when I was coming home, listening to the game, I was like, what the heck? It's like, we're in San Francisco here. This is crazy. Like I, I don't know what you would say, Tony, but it felt like at least 30% 49ers fans there tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the percentage, but you, you could hear it on the television. I mean, absolutely. You could hear it come through, you know, it was really loud for our offense. Um, you just want that home field advantage. I mean, we usually do such a good job of it as a fan base. And that's why I don't feel too bad saying it just because I know we can do better. So come on guys, <laughs> I'll try to do, do my it. part too. Yeah. 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 There you go. Well, I think that is going to do it. Uh, make sure to give yourself a, uh, I don't know, get yourself a drink, a nice celebratory drink, not a uh, down-in-the-dumps drink this time. Uh, That's right. <laughs> a uh, celebratory beverage or whatever you do to celebrate, uh, enjoy uh, celebrating a win. The Vikings are now 3-4. and four. And uh, as David mentioned, as we've all talked about on this show, the next five games are winnable. And uh, we keep stressing it. Uh, but now you have to go prove it. Now's the time to go prove it. You've kind of uh, fumbled the ball, so to speak, no pun intended, uh, with the first uh, seven games of the season by going three and four, in my opinion, that's um, a fumbling of the ball. And uh, we've seen plenty of fumbles from the Vikings this season, unfortunately. But what I will say is now you have the opportunity to go turn it around and make those four losses not be that big of a deal. But like I said, it's going to take some work because to go on a five would be a seven-game winning streak if the Vikings do win their next five games. That's not an easy task to do in the NFL. Like n nobody made it to six and zero. I mean, the Eagles couldn't get to six and zero. Now they're six and one. The 49ers are now five and two, back to back losses, which is a huge reason I didn't think the Vikings were going to win tonight because I didn't think the 49ers were going to lose two in a row. It's like okay, this is this just ain't seeming right. But I did think today to myself, boy. They might have a chance if they can protect Cousins tonight. And boy, oh boy, they did it. Didn't allow a sack. And if they can do that throughout the course of the rest of the season, Kirk plays like he did tonight. Um, Kirk, uh, Kevin O'Connell calls a game like he did tonight. The defense comes away with timely plays, timely interceptions, timely um, stops, whatever. Um, it's possible. Now just go out and prove it. Go out and prove it. I'm still skeptical because I'm a Vikings fan for one. And for two, uh, we haven't seen this team prove it uh, at, at this point in the season yet. So um, that's what I would say um, just as my kind of final analysis thoughts. Uh, anything you want to add before we wrap up here, Tony? No, I think that uh, we've said everything that we needed to say. Be happy. Enjoy the win. Have, a, have an adult beverage if that's what you so choose to do. Um, have a soda. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, after, after we get through the joy of winning, all eyes will be on uh, Sunday against this Packers team that is beatable. But again, we got to keep, we got to keep bringing it. Um, it's going to be a fight and let's just hope we're up for it. Yep. Absolutely. That is going to do it for the Skull Purple Podcast. We're going to try and get some sort of a preview done. It might not be till later in the week. Um, we'll see if we can get uh, Caden from the Pack Only Podcast. We'll see if we can pull him from the doldrums of the uh, Packers' uh, sadness that he's probably drowning himself in right now um, because of their last two games. Uh, we'll find out if we can find him. Um, but... Uh, Hopefully we could get him on and uh, talk to him about hopefully another uh, Vikings win or could the Packers uh, make things even more interesting in the NFC North, which uh, is all of a sudden 
quite very interesting. Um, the Lions losing to the Ravens, which is another thing we could talk about too, but uh, we'll we'll have time to talk about it uh, at at another point. So, um, want to thank everybody for uh, their comments and tuning in. Make sure if you would please like, subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, you know, if you're feeling really generous, you know, we're getting closer to that time of year, you know, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, the holiday season. You know, if you're feeling generous, uh, if you want to provide season tickets for Tony and I, you know, it's not too late. (laughs) Um, Or if you uh, just want to give us five bucks or something like that, you know, drop us a little something on Venmo, Skull Purple Pod on Venmo. We would appreciate it. And, uh, Mike, by the way, couldn't be with us tonight. Congratulations to Mr. Kirby. He is a father again. Congratulations to Mike. So um, he won't be with us. He wasn't with us tonight. Hopefully he'll be back uh, with us um, going forward. But but yeah, uh, so congratulations to him and his his family on another another child. And uh, to celebrate, they got a, a Vikings win. So... Uh, maybe that's all we needed a new, uh, a new Kirby in the world to uh, make the, make the Vikings win again. So there you go. Yeah. He just basically, they need to keep having children. So we can keep <laughs> racking up these wins. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh yes. Mr. Too evil to hope is back in. He's, uh, he's ready to crap on Kirk cousins. Hey, uh, too evil to hope. Uh, let's, uh, let's give you a little optimism here. Kirk played a really good game tonight. You know, um, I gave him his flowers earlier, uh, but, uh, too evil to hope. I, uh, I will, I will stand with you on this. He's got to go prove it now. It can't just be one good game. He's got to go and put multiple together, just like the rest of the team, just like the rest of the team. Um, so we'll see if that can happen, but, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, as always, skull, skull, baby. Ooh.